tonight, guys. Hey, it's so good to see you guys tonight. Welcome to M12. We're glad you're here, especially if you're here for the first time. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. And uh, so last week we started a series called My Life, My Rules. And here was the question that we answered that we talked about, is that we answered the question, who is my ruler? And so last week, some of you in this room, you actually made the decision to make God the ruler of your life, and we are so proud of you. And uh, you're right along with these that have been baptized tonight. Let's give it up for those that were baptized again. That was awesome. Really cool. And so we're super proud of you. So tonight, here's the question that I want to talk about tonight. Why rules? I mean, why are there so many rules? Why is it that everywhere you go, there are rules? Now, let's have a moment of honesty. How many of you have ever just... Have you, how many of you ever just kind of looked up to the sky, almost like you're kind of having a conversation with God, and not to question God, but just to be like, why? You know, like, God, why did you create that? Or why did this happen? Or why did this decision get made? Anybody with me on that? I know I have. I've had those conversations. Like, for example, for example, I don't know if you're with me, but uh, cats, for example. Now, when I see a cat... I just think to myself, why, God? Like, why did you create cats, right? And even, even cats are, like, confused with why they were created. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to just, why did he create that, you know? Or here's another one, for example. And if you love cats, I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, I'm a dog person. Uh, but, guys, guys. Let me just talk to the guys for a second, okay? Guys in the room, okay? And this is all true of all of us. It's happened to all of us. But I want to ask you a question. Have you ever asked God, why does my voice crack in the most awkward times? Right? I mean, show of hands, guys. Show of hands. How many of you, your voice has cracked when you were in front of that girl that you had a crush on, come on, anybody? You with me, Brandon? I see you. And you just look up to the sky and you're like, why, God? Why does my voice have to crack, you know? Like, why does that have to happen? Why does it have to be so awkward? And maybe you guys don't understand what I'm saying. So I brought a couple of videos just to make sure you're with me. So check these out. Oh, why did our voices crack? So awkward. And guys, if you didn't raise your hand, you're lying, man. You're lying. It's happened. It's happened. So, no, but seriously, whether it's cats or voices cracking, rules are just kind of these annoying things that have to be there. And if you're honest with yourself, a lot of times you think to yourself, man, why did God create rules? For example, lying. You know, if you're honest, right, when it comes to lying, for some of us, you know, sometimes we just want to tell a little white lie because it's not going to hurt that bad. Or just a little bit, we might want to cheat on a test, right? But God, God tells us that we need to tell the truth, that we need to be honest, we need to be truthful. Or what about, what about forgiveness? You know, forgiveness is something that is really really challenging because when someone wrongs you, when someone treats you in a way that you 
didn't like to be treated. It's not easy to forgive that person for that, right? It's actually a very challenging and difficult thing. But, and sometimes we might look at God and say, God, why? Why do you tell me that I need to forgive people, right? Or for some of you, it's your parents. Sometimes you think your parents have lame rules. Anybody think their parents have some lame rules, right? And you question God, why? Why do they have those rules? Why? It doesn't make any sense. You know, I'm with you. But there is a reason that rules exist. And what I want to talk about is the reason why. So here's what I want to invite you guys to do. I want you to turn open your Bible in front of you or below you. The Genesis chapter 3. It's literally page 3 of your Bible. And I need you to listen quickly because I've got to talk quickly. We've got a lot of things to talk through and cover tonight. So as you go there, I want to remind you of where we left off last week. So last week, remember that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, this is what God told Adam. This was after, this was after the world was created. The fish were created, the animals, the green grass, everything you see was created. And remember one of our rules here at M12, respecting the stage. Thank you. Thank you. So what, what God told Adam was in chapter, chapter 2, verse 16. This is what he said. The Lord God commanded the man, you are free. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. And what we talked about last week is the reality is that God's desire and God's design is for you and I to be free. It's not for us to be in bondage or to feel like we're in prison, but it's actually to be free. But then he sets the rule in place. He says, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat, you will certainly die. Sometimes when I read that passage, I wonder, why did God create the rule? If everything was perfect, and it was, and they were living in paradise... Why, God, did you create the rule? And here's the reason why. And I want you to write this down if you have an outline. This is huge. This is very important. And if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear this. The bottom line tonight is that God's rules protect and prosper me, period. God's rules for me and God's rules for you, they protect and they prosper. In other words, his rules protect me from what is bad and prosper me to receive that which is good. So what I want to do is I want to read the next part of the story in Genesis 3, one page over, beginning in verse number 3. Here's what the Bible says. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. This is verse 1. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of uh, any fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say that you must not eat from the, the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. I want to stop us there because here's what happens in the story is that Eve is very certain on the command, 
right? She's certain on what the command is, and she's also very certain, there's no doubt in her mind, on, on what the consequence is. And what I want you to see is that God did not make this rule because he likes rules. God made this rule because he wanted to protect Adam and Eve from harm. It's a very, very different concept. He wanted to protect them. Remember, God's rules protect and God's rules prosper. And see, God does the very same things for you and I. Take, for example, the subject of, of lying, right? So when we lie, here's what tends to happen. Trust gets broken in the relationship or in the friendship, and then our friendship sometimes even ends because of the lies that were told. And when something like that ends, man, that can be really, really painful, right? I mean, some of you, you can relate to that. You can relate to a friendship or some type of relationship coming to an end because people just couldn't tell the truth. Or think about forgiveness. God wants us to forgive people. Here's why. Because when we're unforgiving and when we won't forgive people, that will destroy us from the inside out. So really, when it comes to God's rules, especially about lying and forgiveness, really, rather than trying to take our fun away and harm us, God wants to protect us. He wants to preserve the relationships that you and I have. He wants to protect us from broken relationships. That's protection. Protection is kind of easy to understand, but what I want to talk about as well is prosper. Now think about in the story, think about the passage. Eve is not confused. The woman is not confused. God commanded something of her, and he gave one rule. In verse 4, pick it up with me. It says, and this is Satan, he says, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and knowing evil. Now, I want us to stop right there because we have to get this. What happens in the story, right, is that Satan tells a lie. And every single time, Satan will lie to us about the same thing. He whispered this lie into Eve's ear. He has whispered it into my ear. And he will whisper it into your ear if he has not already. And here's the lie. The lie is that God is holding something from you. The lie that Satan wanted Eve to believe and Adam to believe is that God is holding out. Satan's temptation is always to offer us a better life or to offer us or to tell us that there is a better life. And that is true. But that he, he tells us that that comes through disobedience to God, and that is not true. See, Satan oftentimes wants us to believe and wants us to think that God is holding out on us, that it's not the full truth. And when we start to believe that God is holding out on us, the temptation becomes to become your own ruler, which is exactly what Eve struggled with. If you want to pick up in the verse, it says, When the woman saw the fruit 
and saw that it was good for food and pleasant to the eye. You remember her attitude three verses before was very adamant that God said what? Don't eat of it and don't touch it unless, and if you do, you're going to die. But now in verse 6, the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and she ate it. Why, Eve, right? Why did she do that? Why did the woman have to eat the fruit? Anybody ever wanted that? Why? Do you ever look up at the sky and just, why women, right? Just kidding, just kidding. It's a joke. Brandon, sit down, bro. You, I was just joking around. But, but here's the thing. Listen, listen, listen. Don't, don't lose it. Don't lose this moment because you're going to miss it. And you don't want to miss this. Eve believed the lie that Satan delivered. She believed that God was holding out on her. What she knew to be true and what she was confident of had turned into she believed the lie. And the reality is that you and I do this a lot as well. There are times and moments where I believe lies from Satan, and I bet you do too. Maybe it's lies about who you are, lies about things that you've done that God can't forgive you, which is not true. God forgives us all for everything that we do. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. But sometimes Satan wants us to feel guilty. He wants us to feel shame. He wants us to be ashamed of ourselves. That's not the way that God wants it to be. And what happens, students, is the same thing that happened in Eve's life happens in ours. When we start to believe the lie that God is holding out on us, here's what happens. We break God's rules. And when we break God's rules, the relationship that we once had with him is hurt. And look at this next verse. This is how we know this is true. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. What happened was Adam and Eve once had a lot of fellowship with God. They once believed the truth that God's rules will protect and prosper. And then she believed this lie that God was holding out on her. Took of the tree. And now when they hear God moving in the garden, they don't know what to do with it. They feel guilty. They feel ashamed. What was once a relationship of freedom has now turned into a relationship where they were held in bondage. And I want to stop us there because what's true about their story is true about ours. See, what happened in Adam and Eve's story is they reached a point where they were in a circumstance that could not be fixed. They could not fix the circumstance that they were in. And for you and I, we are born into a circumstance that we cannot fix. The only way that our relationship with God can be renewed and made new is through the person of Jesus Christ. And some of you in here tonight, you've never made that decision. You've never put your trust and your faith in Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever make. And you'll have the opportunity to make that next week at the Back to School Bash along with hundreds of your friends, we hope. 
But for those of you that are Christians, you know that God's desire is, to, is for us to live under the understanding that his rules will protect and prosper. So what does it mean to prosper? Because sometimes this is what we think it means. We think it means things like money or popularity or talent. And we want to chase after these things because we think these are the things that are going to fulfill us. These are the things that are going to bring us joy and peace. And what, these are the things that are going to make our life make sense. But what I would suggest to you tonight, that the prosperous life looks very different. For you and I to prosper, I would say it requires us to have things like love through our actions that people see that we love other people. Requires us to have things like joy that God gives to us that is beyond and not about circumstance. It's not about what happens or not doesn't happen in your life. But joy is just from the Lord. I would say that prosper, prosperity is peace. A peace that God puts in your heart that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're traveling through, that it's going to be okay. And some of you, you know what I'm talking about. And some of you, you don't. Because for some of you, you don't know what that peace is like. And my prayer for you is that you would understand that peace comes only from God. But what Satan wants us to believe is that we have to chase after money, popularity, talents, that it all dwindles down to us being really good at something. And that is so far from the truth. And this is exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. They started setting their own rules, and it caused them to hide from God. Look at verse 11. He said, who is it that told you that you were naked? What, what a great question from God, right? How did you even know that you were naked, Adam and Eve? They didn't know. They were free. They were living life up to the full, right? Because everything was perfect. And then when they started to believe the lie, everything changed. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And here's where the breakdown happens. I want you to look at Adam's response. He says, the woman that you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. This is what Adam said to God. Now listen, understand that Adam is not arguing about the rule, right? Adam's not questioning the rule because he knows he broke the rule. But this is what Adam does. He attacks the ruler. He begins to attack the ruler. He says something like, the woman that you put here in front of me, God, she is crazy. I mean, she doesn't know what she's doing. And I have no idea why you created her because look at where we're at now. I mean, look at what, here's the thing, God, it's actually your fault because you're the one who created her. He starts to blame God. And the problem is that because the rule was broken, the relationship with God suffered. And see, when Adam and Eve broke the rule, they sinned against God. We know that. When they sinned against God, they broke their relationship with God. When they broke their relationship with God, their view of God changed. And here's what we know about that. When your view of God changes, 
and becomes unhealthy, then you get to a place where it's really hard to trust God. See, Adam and Eve once trusted everything God said. And then they believed in this lie that he was holding out, and it got them into a really big, got them into trouble. And then they couldn't trust him. And students, this is what I want you to understand, that God's rules are for my protection and prosperity. That God's rules for my life are actually for my best. And that's what I want to challenge you to do from this week until next, is trust that God's rules are for my best. It's going to come on the screen, and you can fill it out on your outline. Trust that God's rules are for my best. And you ask yourself, well, how in the world do I do that? I think it's really simple and really complex at the same time. The simplicity is that we ask him in prayer. Maybe it's a prayer something like this. Maybe we say, help me, God, to trust that your rules are to protect me and prosper me. Help me, God, to see when I am believing in lies versus when I am seeing the truth. And thank you in advance for helping me see. Amen. See, sometimes... It's just a matter of asking. It's just a matter of admitting where we're hurting or where we're wrong and asking God for his help. But see, it really all comes down to trust. It really all comes down to whether or not we trust that God is who he says he is. It comes down to do we trust that his rules are to protect and prosper that his rules are for my best. And, and, and here's the thing that I want you to think about. What is it that comes to your mind when you first think about God? I don't want you to answer that. I want you to think about it. Maybe write it on your paper. But what is it that first comes to mind? Because there's a really good quote that I want you to see. It says this. It's by a guy named A.W. Tozer. And it says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. For you, maybe when you think of God, you think that God is this God of rules and that he doesn't want you to have any fun. And I just want you to know that that could not be further from the truth. The truth is that God loves you, that God wants to protect you, that God wants you to prosper. And that God wants to use you to bring change into the places that you walk into. Everything, what you think about, about that question, everything that you think affects what happens next week. Because here's the reality. If you think in your mind that you, that you are so grateful that God would send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to rescue you from your sin and that his rules are there to protect you every single time and prosper you every single time, that they are for your best, then wouldn't you want every single person that you come in contact with to know it? And that's where you come in. And here's what I want to do as we end tonight. I want you to grab the card that you got on your way in of the Back to School Bash. I want you to grab that card. I want you to put it in your hands. We're going to do something with these cards. 
And this is what I want you to do while you're not talking, because it doesn't require any talking. I want you to hold the card in your hands just like this. If you don't have a card, then pretend like you do, and we will have more for you after the service. Hold your hands out just like this, and put the card in your hands. And this is what I want you to think about when it comes to this back-to-school bash card. This back-to-school bash card could perhaps be the tool that God uses to change someone else's life. And rather than you going to your school tomorrow and just throwing these in lockers, throwing them in people's faces, right? A personal invitation is what those people need the most. And so what I want to do as we close tonight is I want to pray over these cards. If you don't have one, pretend like you do. It's not a big deal. Use your imagination. And I want to pray that God would use these cards to bring people to himself, to help people to see that his rules are there to protect and to prosper. All right, let's pray together. God, we pray over these back-to-school cards. Some of the students have them and some of them don't. But you know what they are and you know what the event is next week. And we ask and we pray in the name of Jesus that you would use these cards to serve as invitations for life change. That the students that these cards land in their hands, that they, that they would not be able to stay away from this place next Wednesday night. And that you would bring them here and that you would change their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.